Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. So um, last week, I started this um, coming out of a, a talk that I gave on the, uh, the month-long, the February month-long, uh, when there were all of the instructions that we'd given over the course of a couple of weeks, and it seemed like a lot. And, I, and somebody asked the question, you know, gosh, you know, how do we remember all of this? And so I gave a, a talk on, uh, as I said, my basic attitude in practice, which is the instructions I gave earlier today. What is happening now? Whatever is happening, whether it's the breath, sound, emotion, thought, whatever your experience, that's just as worthy as anything else for the meditation subject of Uh, your mindfulness. What's happening? Letting your experience be just as it is without trying to control or manipulate or change or bargain or hope it'll be different. This is what's happening. As Ajahn Sumedho says, it's like this. And then to meet that experience with a kind, interested, relaxed awareness. Actually, I reversed the order that I gave the the talk, uh, a relaxed, interested, kind awareness. And that's what we'll be going through. Last week, we did relaxed awareness. And just uh, as a little uh, reminder that relaxation doesn't mean laziness, and it doesn't mean you're flaking out or that you're cheating Uh, It is skillful to have an ease in the mind and the heart that can open up to experience because if you're contracted, if you're trying so hard that you're efforting and uh, putting in a, a tense awareness, then you can't see things clearly. So this balance between a wholeheartedness and a relaxation is really the, um, the, the rich marriage. Sometimes we say, have an upright posture, an alert, dignified posture that's present and a sense of ease at the same time. So that relaxation is something to just keep in mind as you're practicing. If you find yourself tensing or trying too hard or feeling frustrated that it's not going as as well as you'd like, uh, it might be time to just soften, lighten up a bit. The thing that keeps that relaxation from being lazy is the interested part. When you're interested in the moment, you don't have to cajole yourself to pay attention. Coax it. Come on. Get there. 
there must be something valuable in being here. When you become interested, when it's like, think of something that you're very uh, interested or fascinated in. When you're, whether it's dancing or singing or watching football or whatever, whatever it is that turns you on, when that's happening, do you have to have somebody say, oh, come on, pay attention to this? No, you're saying, hey, you know, don't bug me. I'm into this now, right? You know that feeling? Actually, before we go on, let's hear a few things. What, what do you not need any invitation to pay attention to? Just a few out loud. Yeah. Say again? Pottery. Beautiful. What else? Nature. Gardening, yeah, beautiful. Yeah. What is it? Animals, okay. What is it? Drumming, beautiful, great. Sex, okay. So we can relate, yes. Uh, is it something else? Cooking, yeah. Music, listening to music, yeah. Isn't it, oh yeah, somebody else? Watching Dexter, is that a TV show? Watching Dexter, okay, whatever gets you, you know. But isn't it, isn't it, isn't it interesting that things are interesting? In fact, now I'm just remembering. I hope I brought. Oh, I did. Uh, a, a, a book that I've mentioned here before that I love called the The Universe Is a Green Dragon by Brian Swim, and he says um, he is both a a, uh, a scientist, an astrophysicist, and a, a theologian. And um, Thomas Berry is his uh, uh, mentor and, uh, and, and colleague in the creation theology. He says, um, the great mystery is that we are interested in anything whatsoever. Think of your friends, how you first met them, how interesting they appeared to you. Why should anyone in the whole world interest us at all? Why don't we experience everyone as utter, unendurable bores? <laughs> I know, sometimes you're there, right? I know, yeah. But not usually. Why isn't the cosmos made that way? Why don't we suffer intolerable boredom with every person, forest, symphony, and seashore in existence? The great surprise is the discovery that something or someone is interesting. Love begins there. Love begins when we discover interest. To be interested is to fall in love. To become fascinated is to step into a wild love affair on any level of life. And then he, he calls that interest or that love, uh, he, he puts it under this general uh, cosmic force uh, that he, he calls allurement, that 
the cosmos is made up of things attracting each other from gravity, things falling to earth, to magnetism, to the inside of, a, of an atom where the, the, the protons and the neutrons are so tightly bound that if you can free up that energy, you can have incredible unleashing of power. There is an attraction that everything has to, its, to other things. The galaxies, the, the, the earth and the planets around the sun and the, the stars having this attraction to each other that hold galaxies in place. It's quite astounding that there's this force in nature that draws things to each other. And in, the human, in human beings, we call that interest. You just want to check it out. Right? And on a much more profound level, we call it love, where we, we feel a movement to connect with each other. And it can be on all different levels, from romantic love to friendship love, but even the most profound love, as in the metta practice, which kind of seems like a bland word, metta. You know, you sign your emails, metta. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't quite say what that is, what there is underneath there. It's like, oh, there's this feeling of connection that I feel you, and I want you to know that uh, I care and feel that connection. It's a force in the cosmos, and we were born with it. That sense of wonder, that fascination with life. I'll share with you right now my one of my all-time favorite birthday cards. I've never sent it because I, I, I don't know if I'll get another one. Yeah. But this is the ultimate. Uh, all right. If, if you, you can come up later on and take a look at it uh, if you can't see it from, this, from, from where you are. It's a little infant looking at what I think is a bugger, right, with this fascinated, cross-eyed, complete mesmerized look, and it says, you always were easy to entertain. (laughs) Happy birthday. That's what we were, what we came into this world with. Wow, check it out, you know. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> as, as Jesus said, except ye be converted as children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. We get so sophisticated and been around the block. Yeah, been there, done that. I've been around, you know. Well... It's nice to feel that you've been around, but this is where it's at. 
I mean, you don't want to go around all like that. But that inner feeling inside, this is for me, I'll just share for me, um, the, the most uh, compelling, richest motivation to practice. Besides, you know, there definitely is that feeling of I, I, want to, I want to be free. I want to completely realize whatever potential there is in this life. And I want to put my whole heart into it. But when I get down on the cushion, it's more like, wow, I wonder what's going to happen now. Whether it's... Uh, on a meditation or on a retreat. And you never know. That's what makes it an adventure. If you say, oh, yeah, breathing in, breathing out, another breath. We just had one a moment ago. Big deal, you know. You will get bored very quickly. And when you get bored, it's hard to pay attention. As Fritz Perl said, the, the, the father of Gestalt psychology, boredom is simply lack of attention. When you really look at things, everything is fascinating. Everything. Wow. Oh, my goodness. What's going on here? I, I uh, came across this, this line from uh, Nisargadot that book that I've shared from time to time, I Am That. And there's this one guy who, uh, who's complaining to him about how tedious his life seems to be. And he's going on for a while. And this Argadot, who was this very fierce, um, free being from Bombay, he says to him, you've done the most amazing thing. You've made life boring. <laughs> what goes on with boredom? You think, oh, not much. That's why it's boring. Right? There's nothing going on. But if you take a look, there's a lot that's going on when, there, when you are experiencing boredom. For one thing, you probably have a little bit of restlessness, a little antsiness, come on, which is fueled partly out of the wanting mind. I want something more to happen. And there's also a touch, or more than a touch, of aversion as well. I don't like this. This moment isn't quite enough. So that's a whole lot in the show. Restlessness, wanting, aversion, a lot of energy underneath, but we kind of cover the whole thing up and say, boring. <laughs> but if you take a look at what's going on underneath there, there's a lot. And if you start to explore, boredom can be actually fascinating. What is boredom anyway? What is boredom? Here it is. You probably yearn 
for peace. How many people would like peace, peace of mind or peace of heart? Okay. What is peace? Peace is the absence of anything else that you need to make it a better moment. That this moment is completely fine as it is. And the highest peace, the experiences of, of deep, profound peace that I've glimpsed and touched are when there's a complete absence of stimulation, where there's a profound silence and stillness, where you don't need anything, where anything else is, a, is almost a, an impingement on your reality, something extra. It takes a quieting down and a, um, a letting go of the hankering for anything to touch that kind of peace. But it's elusive because we're so used to adding on condiments to our experience, you know, oh, maybe a little chili pepper here and how about some jalapenos and, uh, you know, to make it juicy and rich and, and exciting, you know, because look at our culture. It comes from, we're, we're all conditioned and, and maybe even uh, dangerously so these days with soundbite mentality where if it doesn't capture your eyes for 15 seconds, then we, we turn off. I get a little bit concerned about the next generation, at least the ones that are raised on a diet of, a steady diet of TV or video games, where the brain needs stimulation to feel at home. But from what I hear, even, even those children can learn to love the stillness, they just need to be introduced to it. But it's right there. We all hunger for it. We all crave for it. I, I've, some of you have heard this, uh, but I'll share it again. This um, from uh, a lecture that I went to. I, I hope I haven't shared it in recent times here. I, I never know what I've shared or not, but chances are some of you have heard it. But here it goes again. Uh, I hope you won't be bored by it. Um, <laughs> It was, it was a, a lesson on just this subject that um, uh, when I gave a, when I gave, when I was going to uh, talks by Trungpa Rinpoche, the amazing uh, crazy wisdom teacher uh, who started Naropa Institute. And uh, he came in and he said, um, he usually came into his lectures about, oh, an hour or two late, right? And people are kind of, you're kind of prepared for that, and you're kind of waiting around. And then he ambles in this one lecture, and he always had something brilliant to say, so it was worth it. He comes into this lecture, and he starts out, and he says, uh, tonight I'm going to talk about the breakthrough in practice. Everybody was really excited He's going to really give us the secret teachings now. And then he proceeded to kind of ramble on for the next hour and a half, two hours. People were getting a little antsy, kind of tired, and 
Oh, so what? This is this is not not an A plus talk. Let's go. And almost in mid sentence, after all this time, he leans into the microphone and he says, "The real breakthrough is boredom." (laughs) It was an amazing teaching. You know, first for somebody to have the the chutzpah or 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 uh, just confidence to just bore people for, <laughs> for two hours to make a point, and he made the point. The real breakthrough is boredom because then, and he went on to say, if you're looking for entertainment, if this moment isn't enough, you're going to be looking your whole life for more. And if you can settle down and see this moment has everything it needs, everything you need for it. This moment is a moment of of life, of the Dharma saying, here, check this out. This is just for you. Then you can begin to see how profound it is to connect with each moment. Oh, here's another moment of life. Here's another one. Here's another one. It never stops creating itself. That's the amazing thing. This, this infinite creativity of life, it keeps on going. It keeps on transforming. And it never repeats itself. This moment of life has never been like this one before. There's never been all of us coming together in this configuration on this moment in history where we're all going through whatever collective consciousness and individual experiences that we we have that we're going through and hearing the dharma sitting together sharing never been here before when i take refuge in the dharma it's really one of the the most inspiring thoughts that that means surrendering, opening up to what life is giving me in this moment. This is all I need to wake up. That's what true refuge in the Dharma is. This moment is enough, and it's right here for my awakening. So, how to, uh, how to bring an interest to your practice? Well, first, I want to acknowledge that even though you can know that it's a magical, mysterious moment, you can get bored. I know what boredom is like. And sometimes you have to trick yourself into thinking it's interesting. That's okay to start. You know, there you are, the beginning of a retreat. If you've ever done a retreat, the first day or two, it's like, Kind of <laughs> nodding off. Uh, uh, yeah. Who wants to pay attention? Just let me hit that pillow. <laughs> and it takes some intention to get your interest up. But if you can hang in there with it, interest 
begets itself. In the beginning, you might need to pretend or remember from your last retreat, oh yeah, after a while this does get interesting. And you can do the same in your daily practice, but particularly for retreats, uh, uh, I'll just uh, share this experience where at the beginning, it's like you're, you're cranking out the, the mindfulness. You know, I, uh, again, Trungpa Rinpoche, one of his lines is, it feels like sometimes meditation practice is manual labor, where you're just kind of like bringing yourself back each time. Okay. But if you can, if you do bring yourself each time, it takes a little while to settle in and to clear out the cobwebs and to go through the detox And if you have that commitment, that effort to be here and to see what's here, as the interest begets mindfulness, the more mindful you are, the more you see. And the more you see, the more interesting things get. And the more interesting things get, the more you want to pay attention. And the more you want to pay attention, the, the stronger the mindfulness. And so it's this, this kind of spiral that builds on itself. If you go the other direction, well, if I'm mindful, I'm mindful. If I'm not, I'm not. Who cares? You know, just play it as it comes. Then you don't have a chance for that momentum to build, and the mindfulness doesn't get strong. When it's not strong, then it's hard to see. It's kind of fuzzy. When it's, not, when it's hard to see, it's not interesting. When it's not interesting, you don't want to pay attention. And it just kind of begets itself. So in the beginning, you might have to kind of coax yourself into thinking or remembering, oh, this was really valuable before. This is worth the, the effort. When I was when I was um, uh, in college. Uh, did, I, did I mention this about my friend Joe? My, my friend Joe and uh, Joe Kupfer and I, we went to a high school, uh, a, a pretty rigorous high school in New York, and then we uh, went to Queens College together. And in high school, we both had the same average, which was okay. It was, it was pretty decent, but it wasn't great. We, you know, I didn't want to... I think I was too afraid to really put my heart into it and see what would happen if, if I didn't get really good marks if I tried hard. But it was okay. And he had exactly the same uh, average. We got to college, and I continued on my you know, casual track for a while until I kind of had to wake up towards the end. But Joe, from the get-go, just took off graduated summa cum laude, went on. He's been a professor of, uh, of philosophy for the last, oh, 35 years at Iowa State University. And uh, he just became this amazing academic star. And I said to him, Joe, what happened? <laughs> and he... Um, Unfortunately, I didn't ask him until my senior year. But then he told me his secret. He said, well, when I got here, when I started college, I I knew I wanted to buck up and and really 
do well. It was time to get serious. That hadn't hit me yet at that point. And so I take a course, you know, and it could be whatever course, you know, they had the required courses, statistics or, you know, Spencer's Fairy Queen or stuff like that, you know. And, um, and I'd say, well, this professor has devoted his or her life to this subject. At least that's what he told himself. And he said, I want to know why they think this is so interesting. And so the first couple of weeks, he would just immerse himself in seeing why this is so interesting to this person, just kind of get inside their head. And then he'd kind of pick up the, 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 uh, the jargon and, the, and, and the, the thought processes that get you into a particular subject. And then he'd, he'd find it interesting. And he said, once I found it interesting, it was, um, it was easy to, to stay with it. Wow, that's, that's really cool. In my senior year. <laughs> and that's what we have to do with Meditation sometimes to, as I've said here before, sometimes make it like a game just for the fun of it to see what there is to see. You probably some have heard me talk about being a, an alien. This is a, a, some one approach that I have. Like I'm an alien that's just landed reporting back to the mothership. This is what anger is like for these guys as there's rage pouring through me, right? Mmm, anger, let's check it out. Oh, this is what confusion is like. This is what love is like. This is what sorrow is like. And just as if I've never seen it before, which on some level is true that I never saw it before, looking at it like that up to that particular time, and each time there's more nuances to explore. As you start to make it interesting, it's fun. Or at least, not if not fun, at least you're not adding to the resistance of trying to get rid of it. Because that's, that's one of the real powers of interest. If what you're experiencing is an unpleasant moment, our typical response is, I don't want to go there. And as you say, I don't want to go there, it can get even stronger. I want this to go away. And in that hoping it's going to go away, in that aversion to the experience, we both contract, which makes it harder to see, and we lock it in because we're trying to push it away. So we re- uh, invigorate the very thing that we're trying to get rid of. That does not work. The aversion itself becomes the fuel to make something even more intense. But when you bring an interest to the experience, on one level, you cannot be hoping something will go away if you're genuinely wanting to explore it in a more subtle way. So there you are with anger. And instead of hoping, please, if I'm mindful, maybe then it'll go away, 
it worked one time before, you know. And bargaining where you don't even realize you're bargaining, but where you're instead saying, okay, here's anger. Let's check out the experience of anger, which means that you don't take it personally, which means that it's ju- you see it's just this energy that is doing its dance in the field of awareness, and you become the awareness that's just checking it out. In that moment, you're not adding on aversion to the experience, and you're also exploring the subtleties in a much more profound way because the mind is open and it's interesting, and in that interest, you're not taking it personally. So uh, I'd like to share with you a a little bit of... um, uh, practice, guided practice, just different ways, different things that you can bring to your exploration. You don't have to do this, wait until you do it on a a retreat. You can do it in your practice right in your daily life. And whether it's even in your practice, uh, in your formal meditation practice, or your daily life activities practice, you can just uh, use these as a jumping off point for exploring things just for the fun of it. And in that exploring in that way, the mindfulness gets stronger. So, just close your eyes for a moment. There's no failing this. Whatever your experience is, is just fine as it is. These are all different modes of practice that can be used uh, on retreat and that are suggestions, instructions at different times. First, as you're sitting here, notice the arising of one experience after another. When I say that, it can be the breath, and a sound, and a sensation, and a thought. Just see if you can notice each as it arises, the next thing, and now the next, and now the next. I'll be quiet for a few moments. Be very relaxed as you do this. Don't try hard. You're just here meeting this next experience and this next one as subtle as they may be. Okay, and now as you're still in this space, just incline the mind in a slightly, uh, tweaking that slightly, noticing not just the arising of experience, but the arising and the passing of an experience. 
So, for instance, a sound comes, you see it arise, and then you see it go. And then you see a sensation arise. Notice it's passing. It's just to incline the mind towards the arising and passing on whatever level, whether it's micro-moment or, or a wider interval. Just notice the arising, how things arise and pass away, and then arise and pass away. Play around with that for a few moments. Don't worry if you can't see a discrete ending. There's not a gap because there's always something new. Just noticing how things, everything has its own lifespan, coming and going on its own. Include the breath, can include sensations. Can include getting lost in a thought, coming and going. Now we'll just tweak it one additional way. And now instead of noticing the arising of things or the arising and passing of things, tune into the fact that everything ends. Notice the ending of things. Like you're at the last train, the last car of a train looking, looking at what's what's just past. Everything ending, everything ending. Don't try hard. It's not that you won't notice the arisings. You just give more attention to the fact that things are passing.
going to just check in for a few moments now. Slowly come back. There's a few more things that I, I want to do, but just let's check in with that. Any, uh, any observations what, what that was like? Yeah, say real loud. Say again. Was softer. The ending was softer. Uh huh. Okay, thank you. There's no right answer. I'm not looking for anything. It just uh, just pass it from here. I think the interesting thing was Close, was um, for me one. Uh, it's probably pretty common when you first Close. first start. Whoa, first start any kind of meditation. You start paying attention to the breath, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, uh oh, better start breathing and you so I think watching watching the thoughts all of a sudden you're like well are these going to end how do I end them it, it's sort of this the, it didn't the, end the thoughts didn't well end. it's not that it didn't end but you get one more into or, another or, 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 but um, one thought mo- it comes and goes and moves into another thought and another if you ever follow thought it's like this uh, what they call it word salad just one thing trips off to another to another to another and there's one thought that's moving into another. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Anything else? On the back, that way behind you. I noticed at the beginning. Um, I first I was with the breathing for a few seconds, um, and then I sort of started noticing this aurora borealis behind my eyelids, and it was like. Oh, that's interesting. And then it's sort of, you know, flicks of light. And, you know, I sort of kept trying to come back to the breathing. But, you know, there was all this sort of uh, visual attention that was going on. Uh-huh. Right. So lots of, each sense door, there's, there's activity. One last one, and then we'll, then we'll go on. Now, this is more a question um, in your observation. If, the, if your practice is to f- stay focused on the breath uh-huh. and you're, intention as you describe it is to try to keep that interesting and you're successful in coming back to the breath how do you what is it that you find interesting about the the breath about after the breath? after six or eight hours of that yeah after how long six or eight hours if you're after in a retreat <laughs> well it get it gets more and more interesting when you when you can uh when you start to build up I, we've done this before but um the breath can be the, when you when you go right in there, it can be the most fascinating thing in the world. Like it's the only thing in the world. Just take a few moments and uh, do this with everyone. Okay, close your eyes. And uh, if you um, just try it at the nostrils, uh, to, for, in the interest of time, if, even if you're used to looking at it or noticing it someplace else. Just as you take this breath. Notice the very first moment that the in-breath starts. See if you can catch that beginning. Now, start to notice if it comes in equally through both nostrils or more in one than another.
See if you can notice the flaring of the nostrils or the movement as the air comes in. How does that happen? As it comes in, does it come in in a steady stream or does it come in in waves or puffs or segments? See if you can notice any particular subtle sensation, maybe a a tickle in the hair here or a, a sparkle on the upper lip there, somewhere up the nostrils. See if you can notice just the moment that the in-breath stops and turns to the out-breath. As the out-breath goes, does it go equally through no- both nostrils or more than w- in one than another? Does it come out in one steady stream or in pieces? Is it cooler or warmer than the in-breath? Longer or shorter or equal? one's rougher or smoother, are they both the same? See if you can notice just the moment that the out-breath out ends, and if there's a space or if it turns into the next in-breath. For a moment, reflect on the fact that this is what's keeping you alive, this very breath. If it weren't here, you wouldn't be. Just honor it with your presence, appreciating its presence.
that interesting? <clears throat> well, we could continue this at some other point, but I guess one reaction one might have is that that those are questions, they're inquiries, but for some, they might not necessarily be intrinsically interesting. They might not be. They might not be intrinsically interesting questions, but that perhaps it is through just remaining mindful of something that just is and developing that capacity to be fully present to it, regardless of whether it's interesting or not. Yeah. That. Well, uh, that yes, if it's if you can do that, fine. But actually, if you if you See, investigation is one of the factors of enlightenment. It's one of the seven factors of enlightenment. Mm -hmm. And if you are just kind of passively receiving the experience, if that's your only mode, then um, that's, that's limiting. And so to, it's like you're turning up the, the lens mm -hmm. on a microscope. What I just use those, those questions because I found them compelling to just look more, more with more curiosity. But... If you, whatever it is, see if you can discover something that you never saw before about the breath. Mm. That's, that's, that's the game. Mm. And it's just in the looking that the mindfulness becomes stronger. Great. Thank you. Um, we, we don't have that much time. Uh, there were a number of other. Just uh, very briefly, two more, very quickly. Oh, uh, no, I was, I was going to, uh, here, you can, I'll speak to you afterwards. If you have comments, I'll hang out. Just, just try this for a moment. As you're sitting here, let yourself relax. Let yourself just settle into whatever stillness is, is available. And now notice any movement of the mind towards experience or away from it. No judgment at all. You're just noticing the mind moving towards or away from. Now, finally, just in the interest of time, we'll, we'll, we'll end with this one. No manipulation. Don't try to do anything. A complete not doing where there's simply presence however it is, relaxing completely, no manipulation at all.
So I, I hope you just get the, the possibilities. Um, it, this is not to say that you have to make a project every time you sit, or you have to be creative. What can I do now? It's just to know that whatever is interesting for you in your experience, whether that is simply resting and being present and honor this, honoring this moment with your presence, or if you're finding yourself getting a bit bored to heighten the awareness. What is interesting in this moment? If you can bring an interest that is very relaxed, but very curious, just interested, um, this gives a lot of juice to your practice. As I say, it is, the, it is one of the factors of enlightenment. You're investigating reality, uh, and you can do it in a very rich, alive way. So um, we'll just close with a, a short loving kindness. And I'd, I'd encourage you this week to uh, just try it. Don't, you can't do it for long stretches at a time. Don't put the pressure on yourself. I've got to be interested now. You know. <laughs> that won't work. Just do it for a short period of time. Okay, for the next two minutes, let's just be interested and see how that goes because it begets itself. And on a daily level of practice, you, know, it, it, you don't have the momentum and the energy to sustain it over a half an hour, 40 minutes. But if you just do it in spurts, and when you find you have the energy again, instead of just letting the moment come to you, which is another very valid mode, every now and then just see what's here. Honor it with your presence. Okay, and uh, we can just do a short loving kindness. Feel your sincerity of heart and send some kind thoughts to yourself. Just bringing in kind energy from around you and filling you. May I open to all the happiness in my life. May my natural curiosity reveal life to me. May I feel my goodness and share my love well. And now to extend that to everyone here and all beings everywhere, may all beings find happiness and peace. May all feel their goodness and share their love well. May all awaken to their true nature. And may our coming here together be of benefit to all beings everywhere. May all beings be happy. So, thanks very much for your attention. See you next week.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.